Gina Desiree Berg, and welcome to the 34th. I'm here with Osh. Osh is found from the New California State Medicare for all those AP 1400. What are some of the differences between the last state bill that failed and this one? So AB 1400 is better, in my opinion, <laughs> than SB 562 because it actually has cost containment in it, which makes it a much more cost-effective bill. Because at the end of the day, if you don't have some cost containment, then no matter what program you create, will kind of spiral out of control. So that's one key component. The other key component is I've been working very, working very closely with leadership and stakeholders on creating some kind of financing mechanism to pay for it. Even though we know single payer is less expensive than our current system, at the end of the day, it is going to require us to put together some taxing mechanism, some funding scheme, so that we don't have to rely um, on, on only those, the employer costs for those who are employed. We want everyone to be covered. Bottom line is that it's going to be complicated. So we're already working on that. I'm excited. Um, we have more co-authors than we've ever had before on, this, on one of these bills, uh, senators, assembly members, uh, and, and we, have an op we have the opportunity between now and January to build this movement and build this coalition. In fact, uh, Wendy Carrillo, as you just mentioned, is uh, has co-signed onto this bill, which I was surprised to see. She's generally more of a centrist and has kind of stayed away from a lot of the progressive legislation. So what do you think the differences have been as far as bringing those folks on board? Because obviously we need them on board if it's going to get passed. Well, you know, I know Wendy as being very progressive. She's actually the vice chair of Progressive Caucus. Right. I, I, got and, my, I got activists in the district of Salem. And, and, and that's fine. <laughs> what I'm saying is I see what I see right in Sacramento. And I see her signing on to single pair and a number of other progressive bills. So bottom line is it means a big deal. Uh, even if it is a ship, it's, it's a good thing, right? You want yeah, no, people to ship in the right direction. Oh, I definitely agree. Walk yeah. them into the bigger tent. Uh, yeah. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. So do you think uh, that this is likely to happen before a federal bill is? Is this a method of going state by state, like sort of how they do in yeah. the provinces in Canada? Yeah. I, I think that's the only way to do it. I, I don't think that we're nationally... I mean, look, they can't even do basic things nationally. They don't, they're not going to get rid of the filibuster. So um, the reality is that uh, the spectrum nationally is far more conservative than we have in California. So you've got to do it state by state. Let us be the pilot. Let us be the test case. If we can do it as the fifth largest economy in the world, the rest should fall like dominoes. 100%. So you're, you are from San Jose, which is, for folks that don't know, this is Silicon Valley. This has got massive income inequality. Yeah. We've seen the last couple of years more than 80% of the new wealth being yeah. created is going to the 1%. And we see that a lot in your area. Yeah. Uh, so is there any pushback against the idea of, of taxing the platonomy, taxing the rich to help pay you know what's interesting? When I, when I talk to industry groups like Chamber of Commerce, Supply Leadership, they're all opposed. If you talk to individual companies, they'll tell you how much they spend on healthcare. This will save the money. This will save the money. Even if they, even if there's a gross receipts tax, payroll tax, it'll be less than what they're spending now. And even if you talk to unions, they spend half the time bargaining over healthcare. So, you know, I was on the city council of San Jose. We spent over $100 million a year on healthcare. In, in LA, I'm sure it's over a billion. I mean, it's, and so at the end of the day, these companies are going to going to kind of be lockstep with their with their trade groups, but I'll tell you individually, if you talk to them, they will recognize that this can save the money. Thank you. Nice to see you again, by the nice way. Dedicated his life to social and racial justice. He has been a supporter and fighter of single payer for over 30 years. If you've ever received an email from Akili, you'll see that he has the Frederick Douglass quote in his signature.
that says power concedes nothing without a demand. It never did and never will. And that's what we're doing here today. We are demanding, we are demanding that AB 1400 gets passed and signed and CalCare gets implemented to give every every California resident health care housed unhoused. Yes. Papers, no papers, it doesn't matter. If you are a human being right. in California, this will give you health care. With that, I'm going to give it to Baba Akili. We can be the leaders. We 
and show the rest of the country how it works, how easy it is, how affordable it is, but more importantly, how meaningful it is to all of us, to all of us. And as the, the pandemic rages on, and black and brown people are definitely impacted, this is why we need a single payer system now, today. Not tomorrow, not 10 years, not 20 years from now, tomorrow. And so your presence here, your continued effort here, your continued demand here is what will get it done. That is the way that you make change in the U.S. You take and stay in these streets. And we know that in Black Lives Matters because we have been able to change the narrative now so that a simple statement like Black Lives Matters is now universal. But we did it because we were in the streets and we had demands. So, I have a simple request of you now. Join me in solidarity with people who want what you want, a better way of life for themselves and their families. Join me if you will. California, which would provide opportunities for economically disadvantaged communities and small businesses. I think you all know all about public banks, though, from your applause. He has helped distribute thousands of meals during the pandemic. He has fought to protect uh, renters from evictions throughout the pandemic. So please welcome a fighter for state Medicare for all, single payer, CalCare assembly member, Miguel Santiago. And we, and we have got to start every day acknowledging a very basic fact. It's not a new idea. It's been said for centuries. But today we take a firmer stance on that. And that is that healthcare is a human right. And, and that fight is not a new fight. But here's what's different about it today. Today, not only are we coming out of a pandemic, but we are winning people's mind. Now, we know that the other side has spent a whole heck of a lot of money fighting that concept because they believe on the other side that healthcare is a way to make money. Exactly. Boom. Big thumbs down. But we have fought for decades in California to introduce this bill. And in the past, it has not been implemented. Here's what's different today. Today, we've got people power all across the country. Today, 
Today, we've got a coalition broader than we've ever seen before. Today, we were coming out of a pandemic based on a virus, the very center of a healthcare crisis that we are exiting. Today, it's more evident than ever that we've got to stake, stake our foot in the ground, that we ain't moving until we revolutionize this healthcare system because it is not working for people. And let's be very, very clear about this. It's not a Republican issue. It's not a Democratic issue, an independent issue. It's a human issue. My brother right here just said it. Flashback Bob. It is a human issue that impacts everyone. Whether you speak Spanish, English, or any of the languages represented here. I just failed because you usually say, don't say one thing, one language is going to get to say them all, right? But here, I'm going to say two and stop there. It's like thinking volunteers. But it doesn't matter where you are from, who you love, or who you worship to if you do. Healthcare is a human right. Bottom line, period about it. Now, you've heard other speakers talk about industrial nations doing what we haven't been able to do. And we did it with public banks when we went against some of the most powerful, powerful money in the country. And we got it signed. And we depended on a large coalition. But let me be very, very honest with you. This is not going to be an easy fight. It is going to take filling up the streets from here to where we can see to ensure that this thing gets done. AB 1400 is just the start, friends. It's just the start. We have got to change this system that is not prioritizing people over profits. And that's the bottom line. So we are going to march today. We're going to get up tomorrow morning. We're going to get up tomorrow morning and continue to change people's minds. We are going to advocate at City Hall. We are going to advocate at the federal buildings. We are going to advocate at our state's capital. We're going to do it in D.C. until we change the health care system that is not prioritizing people's health and instead prioritizing profits. And this is just the start. So we're going to count on everybody here. We want to thank a lot of people. But I will tell you, we're going to start by thanking Healthcare for All Coalition here in Los Angeles. And that's why, and that's why, and that's why I'm putting on this hat and asking you, asking you to do a simple thing. Just go ahead and tweet HCAL Los Angeles, HCA Los Angeles and tweet out whatever you think compels you as to why AB 1400 has got to get passed. We have got to do this across the country. Medicare for all, CalCare, whether you call it single payer, we are trying to change this system. So join me as I put on my hat, take out your cell phones. I put on my hat, take out your cell phones. And, 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 and you can go ahead and uh, link me too. I'm putting it on. Very proud. And I expect everybody else to do the very minimum. So thank you very, thank you very much. I'm going to hand it back to a superstar in our movement, Erica. So help me out. Erica! Erica! Shervin Azami. Thank you so much, Healthcare for All Los Angeles. You know, civil rights leader James Baldwin said, I love America more than any other country in the world. And exactly for this reason, I insist on the right to criticize her perpetually. 
Raise your hand if you think budgets reflect priorities. Keep your hand up if you think poverty is a policy choice. Do you know what policy violence looks like? A $740 billion enacted defense budget to finance our military industrial complex, endless wars, and line the pockets of weapons manufacturers, while nearly one in five Americans are straddled with medical debt to the tune of $140 billion. Poverty is a policy choice. While we criminalize homelessness here in our city and deny people the basic health care needs that they have, we could eradicate homelessness with just 10% of the Pentagon budget. You want to tell me poverty is not a policy choice? Keep your hand up if you think budgets reflect priorities. We've spent over a trillion dollars on the racist war on drugs, creating an epidemic of mass incarceration and oppression of our black and brown communities, leading to a militarization of police and an entire for-profit industry built on incarceration. We criminalize mental health. We criminalize substance use and deny people the basic human rights and health care they need to survive. Keep your hand up if you think budgets reflect priorities. We spend tens of billions annually subsidizing fossil fuel companies as they ransack our planet, violate tribal sovereignty, and barrel us down towards a climate catastrophe. That is what policy violence looks like. Keep your hand up if you think that during a pandemic that has cost millions of people their employer-sponsored health care coverage, their jobs, their wages, their homes, if that is not our clarion call for single-payer Medicare for all, I don't know what is. Sherman Azami. I'm a father, I'm a husband, I'm a public health activist, community organizer, and immigrant running for U.S. Congress in my hometown, West San Fernando Valley, California's 30th District. I'm a former legislative director on Capitol Hill, fighting to ensure the federal government honors its treaty obligations to travel nations. We deserve an advocate for single-payer, for a homes guarantee to divest from the U.S. war machine, for climate justice and a decriminalized immigration system. Thank you all so much for the work you do each and every single day in your communities. Let's get AB 1400 done here in California and single payer done nationally. Thank you all so much. Thank you all. Okay, this an outspoken advocate for Medicare for all. He has faced upfront personal family loss with our broken cast healthcare system, and he knows firsthand that we must stop putting profits over people in the fight for universal health care coverage. You know him from the 2020 Bernie Sanders campaign. Please welcome Tony T.
a human right. Hey! Healthcare is a human right. We have four minutes. I'm trying to get my song played. How you guys doing? Let me hear you say power to the people. Power to the people. Say power to, the people. power to the people. You know, it's 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 a good thing to see all these people here, but it's it's sad because in 2021, this is something we're still fighting for. This is unbelievable. Right. You know what I mean? The person on my show right now, Fred Hampton, who knows Fred Hampton? This one of the key components he was fighting for as part of the Black Panther Party, and I'm here with my boy, 5-1 Phil, who has a personal story too. We were just in the car, and we were talking about his uncle, and he was telling me how his uncle had a hard time. Yeah, it was, it was crazy, because four doctors were working over him. He had stomach cancer, and they had a good plan for him. One more doctor came and said, he doesn't have insurance. They just dispersed, gave him morphine, and he died 10 minutes later. So it's a tragedy, and I'm sure there's thousands upon thousands upon thousands of cases just like this. And what are you stuck to do? Just accept the death of your loved one? No. No, nah, we can't do that. We got to fight for everybody. We got to fight for everybody. Imagine my son. We took him to the dentist. $3,000 for the dentist? It's crazy, right? Come on, like like the like the man was saying, it's profits over people. Where's the love at? We're all humans. We're we're all part of the same. We're here together. We need to fight for everybody, y'all. This is what it's all about. Are we getting this song going? We wrote a song. Okay, all right. Well, look. I just want to thank everyone for coming out. This is a beautiful, beautiful event. It is not about anything else but our basic human right to live with good health. There's no amount of money in the world that can give you good health. So it shouldn't be about money. It should be about love. I'm looking at the sign. It says Medicare for all saves $5.1 trillion over a decade. Hello? Hello? Yo, I mean, hello? No more world hunger. No more world hunger. Come on, y'all. Let's fight for Medicare for all, y'all. I love you all. Thank you so much, Tony Tig. All right, so we gotta take, the, we gotta get this hooked up. So we're gonna perform a Hollywood and Vine because we just got told that we gotta move. They got ordinances and things that we gotta do. So on the Hollywood and Vine, Hollywood and Vine, we gonna rock out. Let's go. Who was born and raised right here in LA? He's running for controller of City of Los Angeles and the only candidate to highlight the waste and how the city allocates and spends money. All a true servant of the citizens and needed weapon in our fight for Medicare for all. Kenneth Mia! My name is Kenneth Mejia. I'm a certified public accountant with 11 years of auditing account experience running for city controller right here in LA. And the city controller is the city's chief auditor and accountant. And you're like, well, what does that have to do with anything? Well, we calculate the money. We can calculate to make sure that we're saving our tax dollars here and right in our city of LA. And what we've been doing is educating the people about the city's budget right now 
about 30% of the city's budget goes to the police, 2% goes to housing, and 7% goes to homelessness. And I, I, I say this all because people don't know these things. Now, when it comes to healthcare in the city of LA, the city spends $836 million on city employees' health insurance, dental benefits, and also vision. A majority of that goes to Anthem and Kaiser. Now, we're all here to support AB 1400, am I right? CalCare can save 7% to 19% over 10 years. So what does that mean in terms of the city of LA? If we paid $836 million last year, over 10 years we could potentially save $60 million. We could even potentially save $160 million. And now if you look around, if you live in LA and you look around you, housing's deteriorating. The city's criminalizing the unhoused community. We can use that extra money to house our unhoused neighbors, to give them services. And that's why it's important here that we take out the profit motive for health care. Yes, it doesn't make sense that the city pays Anthem where their CEO makes over $17 million a year. It doesn't make sense for Kaiser, a nonprofit, where the CEO of the foundation makes over $11 million a year. And that's why we're really here to make these numbers transparent, to make them accessible, so that when you go and lobby your assembly members for AB 1400, you can give them the facts, because the numbers don't lie, am I right? And so, once again, my name is Kent Mejia, I'm running for LA City Controller. Healthcare is a human right! Healthcare is a human right! Healthcare is a human right! Universal health care, democratic socialism, international human rights. In 2020, he managed a valiant campaign for Congress against the most well-moneyed funny machine, his opponent Nancy Pelosi. Ah. Oh, the oh, Sicilian. Please welcome a warrior for Medicare for All, Shahid Bhutan! What up, LA? It is so good to be with you. I just want to invite everyone in the street over here to occupy the intersection if you're so inclined. Like, you know, as long as we're here, let's assert our presence. Uh, people down at, do a little chant with me. I'll model it, call, response. Okay. You need to see a doctor. It should be free. Health care is a right, not a commodity. Got it? So your lines are, it should be free, not a commodity. All right. You need to see a doctor. Health care is a right. You need to see a nurse. Health care is a right. You need to get a surgery. Health care is a right. If you need to get insulin, health care is a right. If you need some other medicine, health care is a right. a right, not a commodity, and we should treat it that way. It's striking to me, could you come up with your sign? I saw this side of the crowd and it spoke to a theme I wanted to raise. There are a lot of people in our country who like to talk a big game about how the United States leads the free world. Are we even in it? 
And we're not even going to talk for the moment about how we imprison more of our citizens than any other place and how we have a military-industrial complex that extracts resources from around the world. Just that alone might lead us to think about the question, is fascism a far-off future fear? Or might it have been here, particularly for our darker-skinned neighbors, for the last 400 years? The recognition of intersections between our different discrete policy silos is the difference between a movement embracing a path to liberation and a people being co-opted by corporate political parties spinning talking points parties spending talking points to co-opt them in their communities. I would particularly invite you to consider whether your voices in Washington are with us, either out here literally today or metaphorically in Washington in the policy debate. And if they are not, you might think about taking this battle to deliberate our country, to democratize a country that might falsely think itself to be free. Take that battle home to wherever home is for you. At the end of the day, what we are waging here is not just a battle for basic human rights within our country. It is a battle for a bipartisan consensus to be reflected in Washington. It is a battle to make our government answerable to be for, of, and by we, the people of the United States, and not the health insurance and pharmaceutical corporations that are pushing us all into early graves. Has anyone here had to delay medical treatment of some kind or someone in your family because you couldn't pay for it? Yeah. It is inconscionable that this happens at all, let alone that it happens at scale. The last thing I'll leave you with, just among intersections between these arenas, the leading cause of people ending up sleeping outside without shelter is medical bankruptcy, which is a phenomenon only in the one red country on this map. Thank you for being out here today. We will not stop advocating until we have universal health care free at the point of service. So I'm here with Shahid Buttar, who came down to Los Angeles to march with the Medicare for All folks today. Welcome. Thank you so much. So, you know, your district, where you're from, where you ran against Nancy Pelosi, this has as much income inequality as Osh's district does, right? So San Francisco, I think the average income in the district is 140 a year. So forget about Hunter's forget about Tenderloin. Those places automatically get axed out and have zero representation. But I think Medicare for All would be a big game changer for all of these folks. Oh, yeah. If not, you know, just baseline having access to medical care without having to worry about, you know, fighting for 15 or all these other things that we can't seem to get past. What do you think the likelihood is that the second bill, AB 14, will get passed because it has more concessions in it as far as how it's going to be taken versus the previous bill. Sacramento, to me, is sort of a place where very good visions go to die. So I have a great deal of hope for the state bills here and Washington State and elsewhere that are aiming to establish universal health care. The question you're asking me is how much faith do I have in state-level politicians, and the answer is probably not very much. I am a big fan of the people who sponsor this bill, particularly Osh Paul, and I do 
hope very much that their vision is able to maintain to their own colleagues. Every time I've ever had a bill in Sacramento, I've seen it either get, my favorite is when things die in the Senate appropriations or Assembly appropriations without votes, which doesn't even allow democratic accountability. Like, there's no way to hold anyone accountable when measures just effectively expire and no one ever votes on them and then they're just gone. Uh, you know, and that can happen to a bill even after it passes one of the houses in the state legislature. So, I, Sacramento is built procedurally in order for there to be pistols, and I do think that it creates an uphill fight. On the other hand, you know, we have a supermajority of Democrats. If you can't make it happen in Sacramento, it begs the question what the Democratic Party might be good for. And I do think that this is a test of the parties as to whether or not it can deliver on its commitments, even in a place where it has all the votes it might need. And if the Democratic Party can't deliver on a stupid majority of legislatures in California, yeah, I do think it does a lot to expose the illegitimacy and farce that the party is maintaining much more obviously in Washington. Uh, you know, my first opinion is, is, is it is a farce. Uh, we've had a supermajority in the state for decades. It doesn't seem to matter because of the corporate money that spills into the coffers of the establishment Democrats. And we've seen, we've seen the progressives go, you know, toe-to-toe -to -toe with these guys now for years and years and years, and very little has changed. Yep. So I, I hear you. I don't know how much hope I have hope I have either. But I do know that the fact that they've tried to like put in these the criticism they had on the first bill was there was very little funding mechanisms in place. Right, they fixed it now. And they fixed that. Yeah. But here's the thing, even with that, I, you know, I, we can always figure those things out. Medicare for all is, is economically more efficient. The only thing stopping us is the money from the healthcare lobby, whether it's the healthcare insurance industry, big pharma, and they spend millions and millions of dollars. Not only lobbying in the state and putting out PSAs and what have you, but donating funds to their um, candidates of choice. Yes. Um, let me ask you a question. I was surprised to see Wendy Carrillo sign on to this bill because she's somebody who, I mean, she's been, she says she's a progressive and she has done many progressive things, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But she's also somebody that was said she was against overturning Costa Hawkins at one time. Um, and, you know, it has done little for affordable housing and a host of other things. So, so I hear activists. This, you know, kind of surprised that she's joining this uh, fight. What do you have any opinion on that? I was just talking to Ron Capone about this in the, in the crowd a minute ago. And, you know, the unfortunate reality is that a lot of the voices that we have in Sacramento, and I think this is true in other legislatures as well, from Congress to other states, are mixed bags. This is sort of like an unfortunate consequence of the personalization and individuation of our democracy. Most of you do not know me yet, but you will. My name is Daniel Wilson, and I'm running for Congress to fight for Medicare for all of us. Its absence negatively impacts every single person in this country. Whether you or not you have insurance, whether or not your prescriptions are covered, whether or not you can see the doctors you want or get the treatments you need, Every person in the United States is limited by our for-profit healthcare system. As a working class transgender veteran, I am a perfect sampling of some of the communities that need healthcare the most and those that are also most often excluded from it. I've had more than 20 jobs since I entered the workforce at 14. I've had access to healthcare with exactly two of them. Fortunate enough to get health care through their work, we quickly learn that this coverage is not provided by our jobs at all when we see hundreds of dollars a month taken out of our checks to pay for the care. 
been provided this health care after you pay a premium, after you pay your co-pays, after you pay for the procedures they denied, when you finally meet the deductible after spending thousands out of pocket. Employment-based coverage isn't useful when you can't afford to use it. It isn't effective when you lose your coverage if you leave your job. And it is not beneficial when the workers who need it the most are denied access to this system. All right. No worries. All right, let's cut it up. Thank you for editing. All right, y'all. Okay, so, 30-second cut. Here we go. Who do you know that has been hurt by the greedy for-profit healthcare industry? Everybody here knows someone who is or has been hurt by our for-profit healthcare system. And we are here today to demand a better system because we know that healthcare is a worker's right. Healthcare is a veteran's right. It is a trans right. And it is a human right. I call on all of us to continue showing up, rising together, and fighting for better because we are not going to be able to take down this for-profit system unless we act together. Vote and contribute to candidates fighting for your right. My name is Daniel Wilson. I'm from Ventura County fighting for all of us. Thank you so much, LA! Joe Biden and I can tell you he is not interested in consent he is not interested in your health care he is funded by big pharma and by the health care lobby and when I came forward in 1993 I lost my health care I was a federal employee as a sexual assault survivor Losing health care when you come forward in a job or, or about sexual harassment, either one, losing that is pivotal in losing benefits. It's really super hard. And I have met as a domestic violence advocate many women and men who were had barriers accessing medical because they were staying in a relationship that was abusive just to hold on to medical care. Healthcare is a human right. It's not just a chance. It's not just us asking for something for free. We're asking the government to pay for it, but we're not asking them to run it. This can be done. Whole Washington is doing it. California can do it. When you elect a predator to the highest office of the land who's funded by other predators, you're not gonna get anything with healthcare. So we need to vote in people that hear our voice and, and we can get Medicare for all. Not an expansion, Medicare for all. Thank you.
If they're not gonna do it now, they're never gonna fucking do it, and we gotta demand it. We can no longer pass. We must demand that they represent us and they give it to us. We should be shutting this whole fucking city down. We should be shutting every major city, every state capital, every fucking port, shutting this whole country down. Nothing's gonna change until we take to the street. Everything that we're dealing with, environmental, economic, all of these issues have to start with this healthcare issue. It has to start there. First of all, right. We're getting played. We're getting played by the Democratic Party. It is not Donald Trump and the Republicans that run the state of California or the county of Los Angeles or South Central or Southeast LA. It is the Democratic Party that has been fucking us over time and time again. And I want to say I'm a delegate for the state party representing the 63rd district. I'm also an elected member of the Los Angeles County Democratic Party, which is the most corrupt organization I've ever been in. Back to the point. I've been a, now introduced Rick Overton, who's a screenwriter, a comic, an actor, who has been seen in countless movies and TV shows, such as Married with Children, ER, Seinfeld, and The Office. He uses his voice and talent to uplift humanity and is here to show everyone that Medicare for All is the forward for America. Welcome to the stage, Rick Overton. I go quick, they're gonna send a helicopter to take me away from everything in Russia's out here. So, uh, hey, how's that great reset working for you guys right now? Great, huh? Terrible! Yeah, hey, uh, well, this piece is called Reset This. Yeah. And so, help me, give me one of these. When I give you one of this, you give me one, you help me in the piece. Reset This! Reset This! Okay, tell me something. If the great reset's so great, then why all this sorrow? Why all this hate? What's with the padlocks binding freedom's gate? I think you need to reset this! Why spend all that money on war when our children need food and housing and more? Can't you hear the call? We say, Medicare for all! Put the money here, not your damned wall. You need to reset this. You pulled up the ladder. You've thrown us under the bus. But all of your money, that all came from us. And that gives us leverage. And so, thus, reset this. You're not our masters, and we're not your slaves. No matter what this press, a press, or the last one behaves, and we evolved since we stood from the cave, so you can reset this. Dr. Freud meets Dr. Evil as he launches into space. <laughs> Just the money from that one flight could have helped fix this place. That's right. Yeah. But they'd rather save money than to save face. Hey, reset this. Uh, they could have been heroes. But instead of adding on zeros, like they know something we don't, like they have a plan set aside for them, like they'll be okay when we won't. You know what? Reset this! 
They're called insurance brokers, yet we're the ones who are broke. They're defenders socially sleeping while pretending to be so woke. We are tired of being the punchline to their lousy joke. Hey! Reset this! San Pedro, California, which is uh, also the little Italy of Los Angeles, our fair city. And uh, I want to tell you a quick story. Many years ago, I was in Italy. Uh, I was studying abroad in college. And I broke the ginger code. I fell asleep on the beach. That is not something we do. I was reprimanded at the next meeting. But I got a pretty bad sunburn, which I know you're all thinking, whoa, Ron, that's what happened next? No kidding. But um, I got a bad sunburn, so I went to the pharmacy. Now, in case anyone doesn't know, over there, pharmacies are basically health centers. That's what they are, which makes so much more sense than what we do here, where it's like, oh, you get NyQuil or a candy bar. That, that tracks. Hey, get some of the worst food you can put in your body or medicine. These two things go together. Hey, what does your shop specialize in? Vegan groceries and hunting supplies. That's what we do. Those, those two things. Anyway, so I go to the pharmacy and I tell the person I have a sunburn. A doctor comes out. A doctor, a medical doctor. Gives me a, a total checkup. Takes my vitals, he tests my reflexes, uh, takes my temperature. Tells me the degree of burn that I have. Shows me a little chart and gives me two medications, one for the burn itself to heal it, uh, one just for the pain, and then gives me some medical advice, which in that case was, hey, dude, don't fall asleep on the beach again. Try not to do that. But uh, as an American, I was kind of scared at this point because I know that sometimes just seeing a doctor can be well over $100 in the United States. So I'm wondering what is going to happen. I get to the cash register, which the person wasn't even sure how to use it because it's not something she has to use often, and it cost me seven euro for all those things. And the only reason it cost me that much was because I was not an Italian citizen. I shared that story on Facebook some years later, and other people started sharing their stories about being in places that actually have healthcare systems, universal systems and something bad happened to them and for basically no money they got fixed up. Hey, I was in Ireland, I fell and broke my arm, cost me less than 50 bucks, I'm fine. And then some people started sharing domestic stories. One of the particular ones, hey, I got in a car accident. I am a half million dollars in debt in counting and I'm still not fixed up. We do not have a healthcare system in the United States. We have an industry of exploitation and it has gone on for far too long. So single payer now, Medicare for all now, peace, love, and a general strike. Thank you guys so much. Hey, where is CNN? Where the fuck is CNN? I don't know where it is. Oh, there it is. Well, we're all out here. We're letting you know we need Medicare for all. But CNN is sponsored by Big Pharma and Blue Cross, so they don't want you to have Medicare for all. So I say, fuck CNN! Fuck CNN!
Fuck CNN. Fuck CNN. Fuck the establishment media. Fuck the establishment media. When I started forced to vote, everybody said that it was a great idea until all of a sudden it wasn't. I don't know what happened, but everybody lost their balls in the middle of a fight for forced to vote for Medicare for all. They said now is not the time. Now is the time. The time was a hundred fucking years ago. We got to make it happen now. People are dying now. Now is the time. Tell your media, tell CNN, tell the Washington Post, tell the Young Turks, now is the time for Medicare for all. You tell those progressives that we helped elect that now is the time for Medicare for all. Stand up against Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, and Joe Biden and do what we elected you to do and fight for us. Any politician who is not right now fighting for Medicare for all is complicit in murder of the American people. A third of all COVID deaths are can be attributed to a lack of Medicare for all. I thought it was only Trump who didn't give a shit about Americans dying from COVID. Turns out Joe Biden and the Democrats don't give a shit about it either. Because if they did, they'd give us Medicare for all and 100,000 more people would be alive right now. But they don't give a shit about it and they don't give a shit about you. So what we have to do is make CNN uncomfortable. We have to make the squad uncomfortable. We have to make Bernie Sanders uncomfortable. Where is he? Where's Bernie? Say, hey, Bernie, where's your movement? Where is your movement, Bernie? I'll tell you where it is. It's in the streets of America today, fighting for Medicare for all. Well, you're taking fucking orders from Joe Biden. Fuck Joe Biden and fuck Bernie when he worked for us. Where are you, Bernie? Your movement's right here. Get out here. Where are you, AOC? The movement is in the street. Where are you? Are you taking another picture with Mama Bear for Vanity Fair? Are you guys out shopping for refrigerators? Right now, Joe Biden, instead of giving us health care, is bombing the poorest people on Earth in Africa. That guy loves bombing so much you think it was a little girl's hair. Medicare for all, Medicare now, no more waiting, put pressure on politicians, make them scared of you, make them scared to death of you, fuck the politicians, let's go to their houses. Medicare for all, thank you, I'll see you later. The people like myself elected to represent the 63rd district of Southeast South Central LA to vote and fight for the policies that are gonna help my community. It's the reason why people in Southeast LA and South Central live 10 years uh, less than the people in Beverly Hills. And that's fucking bullshit. And it was Gavin Newsom that increased the fracking permits. It was Gavin Newsom who promised that he'd give us uh, healthcare for all, single-payer healthcare. And it's Gavin Newsom who lied. Recall Gavin Newsom, fuck him and fuck every Democrat who doesn't give us fucking promise. and the rally today. We are just one of about 50 cities across the nation who are marching today demanding health care for everybody. <laughs> Folks, my name is Maybe A Girl. My pronouns are she, her, and they, them. I'm going to be your MC for the rally today. 
And uh, I also happen to be running for Congress right here in this district, California District 28. I'm running for the U.S. House of Representatives because I am fed up with the status quo. I am sick and tired of voting in politicians who sit there and collect a check and talk, talk, talk and say we should do this, we should do that. Well, freaking do it. That's why we elected you. drag queen ever elected to public office in the United States of America. I'm currently serving on the Silver Lake Neighborhood Council right here in Los Angeles. I was just re-elected to my second term. Not only am I a drag queen, I am a trans person. And did you know, did you know there has never been a trans person in Congress? Not in the U.S. House of Representatives, not in the Senate, and let me tell you, representation matters. Speaking of representation, why is it that only 27% of our Congress people are co-sponsors for the Medicare for All bill when the majority of Americans want Medicare for All? That is not representation! <laughs> Folks, we all have a healthcare nightmare story. Healthcare in this nation is a scam. Insurance is a scam. Just last week, a friend was coming to visit me. She was riding her bike to my house. She flipped over her handlebars in the middle of the streets. Uh, normally, you would think that one might call an ambulance, but you know what? She couldn't afford that. So she walked to my house, dazed and confused, and we called an Uber to the emergency room. Once we got to the emergency room, we had to ask five people for a damn ice pack. These people were more concerned with getting my friend's health insurance information and trying to make sure that she was signed up as a member than actually asking about her condition or her injuries. We spent hours at the hospital. And you know what my friend's biggest concern was? Not her injuries, but how am I going to pay for this? My friend is like many, many of us. My friend, like myself, like probably many of you, does not have insurance. And let me tell you, when people are more concerned about the bill than they are the diagnosis, the system is broken. So I can't thank all of you enough for coming out to fight the good fight. We are never going to stop demanding health care for everybody. There is no reason why we can't have health care for everybody. If we can subsidize the fossil fuel industry, we can and we must subsidize health care. If we can spend almost a trillion dollars every year on the so-called defense budget, we sure as hell can provide health care for our people. If we are not fighting for the health of our people, what are we fighting for? Please, never stop believing that we can do this together. We all have to be in this together. We all have to demand and scream and shout for Medicare for all! All right, folks, you ready for a couple of fabulous speakers? He served as the co-chair of the Campaign for a Healthy California from 2017 to 2018 and was the very first visiting fellow on health care policy in the California Department of Insurance in 2013. He is a longtime champion of a Medicare for all health care system, whether one on the state level or federal level. Damn, we need both. Please welcome Dr. Paul Song!
Um, I think it kind of stinks that we have to spend every weekend fighting for things that our government won't do for us, rather than being with our families and our loved ones. But I just want to say, having just driven 17 hours to be here today, there's no other place I'd rather be than with you all standing up for those that don't have a voice in our society. I had uh, come with some written remarks, but I basically just threw it all away because I really want to speak from the heart right now. You know, just about a week ago, we started to feel like we we're in the clear, and then all of a sudden we started to see this Delta variant of the coronavirus start to ravage our communities once again. We're being asked to wear masks and socially distance ourselves. And so I started to think about the number of people who we lost to this uh, awful pandemic. Over 610,000 people here in the United States and over close to 65,000 people here in California. And what's really sad about that is one out of three people that has died were uninsured. And 40% of people that have been infected were uninsured as well. So if there was ever sort of a description of how our broken immoral healthcare system really comes to fruition, all we have to do is look back on the last year and a half. And I hope we'll keep these people in our thoughts as we fight forward. The other thing I just want to say is prior to the pandemic, we were told, oh, your employer-sponsored healthcare was the best healthcare in the world. And what did we have happen? 27 million people here in the state, uh, in the United States lost their employer-sponsored healthcare. Nearly 2.7 million people here in the state of California. So all of these lies that people have been telling us over and over again have been exposed during this pandemic. We still have one out of three people that has insurance that won't go see a doctor because their co-pays and deductibles are too expensive. We have millions of people that each year have to struggle between paying their rent or paying for their medication. And frankly, this is not the type of system that we deserve. It's certainly not the type of system we're paying for. You know, 68 cents of every healthcare dollar that's spent in the United States is paid for by us, the taxpayers. Whether it's giving uh, tax credits to Apple or Google, or providing health insurance to our teachers, our firefighters, or our do-nothing Congress. But what we do know is, between that and the amount of money that the parasites take from our healthcare system, the insurance industry, the pharmaceutical industry, at our expense, we're paying for a universal healthcare system. We're just not getting it. So this is why we have to continue to organize. We have to continue to push our elected officials. Many of the great ones are here who stand with us. But the fact that California is supposed to be this progressive state and we don't have a clear supermajority of people that support Medicare for All says something about who they serve. They're not serving us. And we need to make sure they stand up for us. And finally, I'll just say this. Between Congress and our state legislature, one place we should be able to get single-payer health care is in the state of California. And we can show the country how this will work. And AB 1400 is a great starting point, and that's what we need to get the governor behind. And I would ask each and every one of you, don't give up this fight. We've, some of us have been in this for 10, 20 years, and it's starting to change. At some point, they can't ignore us, and I hope some of you will stand up and run against these people and make sure that they don't have their office for granted. Thank you very much. Let's do a little chance. When I say Medicare, you say for all. Medicare! Medicare! All right, folks, coming up next, we have another fabulous speaker. We have Gina Harris. Gina is a nurse-tivist, which you don't, if you don't know what that is, that is a nurse and an activist. 
and has worked as an RN in multiple clinical settings, including med surge, cardiac rehab, and acute dialysis transplants. Currently, she is inpatient clinical case manager, facilitating the coordination of patient services across the continuum of healthcare needs. This role has allowed her to see that our healthcare system is fundamentally flawed and why small reform just won't do. Trust me, reform does not work. Gina represents the 54th Assembly District as a member of the LA County and State Democratic Central Committee, has been a DNC delegate for Bernie Sanders in 2016 and 2020, and is a member of the Healthcare for All Los Angeles leadership team. Give it up for Gina Harris! Yeah. 
The assembly member recognizes the inherent failures and inequities in our current health care system, which were exposed further by the COVID-19 pandemic. He recognizes how our profit-first system is failing people of color and underserved communities who disproportionately paid with their lives due to unchecked pre-existing medical conditions. Witnessing this devastation, Assemblymember Calmer stepped up and introduced AB 1400. State legislation also known as CalCare. CalCare will guarantee all Californians comprehensive, high-quality health care. Please welcome the champion of California's Medicare for All Bill, AB 1400, Ash Thank you, Assemblymember. All right. Well, I came down from San Jose in the capital of Silicon Valley, which is also the capital of income inequality, where you see people literally dying on the streets, people losing their homes many times because they don't have health care. Now, in this state, the fifth wealthiest state in the nation, it's completely inexcusable that we have people dying because they don't have health care, that we have people living in the streets, that we have so much wealth being created. In fact, it just came out a week or two ago, my hometown of San Jose has more super millionaires living there than any other city in the world. That means people worth over $70 million. And yet, we can't get everybody health care. We have billionaires going to space. And yet there are billions on Earth living in poverty. And so the question is, what are we going to do about it? What are we willing to do about it? Because this is not a new issue. This is an issue that people before us have been fighting for for decades. As we've seen more and more countries over the decades recognize that healthcare is a human right, not just by words, but by policy and by action. And it's not just about access to healthcare. You know, I can have someone selling Lamborghini, Lamborghinis giving me his business card. Well, I guess that means I have access to a, to a Lamborghini, right? My bank account doesn't see I do. So you can have health insurance if you can't afford your co-pays, you can't afford deductibles. Why do you think so many people, even with health insurance, have to start GoFundMe accounts? It is completely unconscionable. The reality is that single-parent health care is both fiscally and morally superior to what we have now. It makes way more sense in terms of dollars and cents, and more importantly, morally, it's about treating every single human being with dignity. It's not just about saying health care is a human right, it's meaning it. It's meaning it. And so we have AB 1400, which is an incredibly sound policy. An incredibly sound policy on health care. If you haven't seen it, check it out. I've been working very close, uh, closely with our nurses on this. It's got cost containment. It's got everything you would need to make sure that any one of you or your loved ones would be taken care of. Now, we know we're right on the policy. We know we're right on the finances. Now we have to do right by all of you and make sure we get this passed. But it doesn't get passed because of any one of us. Even though my name's on the bill, even though earlier today some of you heard from Assemblyman Miguel Santiago, his name is on the bill, my colleague who's going to be here any moment, Assemblyman Wendy Carrillo, her name's on the bill, and Senator Kamlager who's going to be speaking in a moment. So, so we have some great champions in the legislature. The reality is, though, that it's going to take all of us. 
And so even you know around the country, they're having these great rallies and marches. And I'm excited to be here. I know in San Francisco they have one as well. And I see like online and social media, people are like arguing about this, that, the other, and this person's speaking, this person's not speaking. We gotta stop all that. I could care less. I could care less who's speaking with me on the stage. Because I don't care about that. I care about the people that aren't here that are suffering every single day. We are here to lift them up. We're not here to lift ourselves up. This is not about any one of us. We've got to put our ego aside. Because I'll tell you this, if we don't put our ego aside and we keep fighting with each other, the insurance companies and the, the hospitals and pharmaceuticals, they don't have to lift a finger. We're defeating ourselves. So let's lead with love and justice and recognize we're going up against very powerful, wealthy interests. But if we lead with love and justice and we reach out to our neighbors and our communities, we reach out to our elected officials with love in our hearts, with justice on our lips, and we speak truth, I believe that we can make this happen. Because I believe in all of you, I believe in us. And I believe that we can win. Do you believe that we can win? Okay. If you believe that we can win, I want to hear you say, I believe that we can win. 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 Are you ready to win? Are you ready to fight every day until January? That's when the bill comes back. Are we ready for January? Look, it's almost August, so we got to get going. Today is the first day. Right now, we have to get out there, educate the community, activate our community, always with love in our hearts, always with justice in our minds. And let's make this happen. I love you all. Thank you. So if you believe what I believe, then I hope you will continue to stand with me and Wendy and Miguel and our champion, the author of this bill, Ashkalra, and make sure that this passes next year when we bring it up for the votes. And another thing, you all look pretty savvy. I think you all know how to track a bill. And you know when it's coming to a committee, and you know the members that are on that committee, and you know the chairs that are on those committees, that chair those committees, and we're gonna need your voice we are going to need your voice to make sure that we all bring it home next year. This is our bill. This is about our health care. This is about our future. And this is about our justice. Don't stop. Don't stop fighting for AB 1400. Thank you. more speakers? Yeah. I bet you do. Coming up next, we actually have a student from UCLA. Calcadan Alameyu is a political science student at UCLA who has been organizing with various grassroots organizations such as Healthcare for All Los Angeles for years. As an Ethiopian immigrant, her passions in the U.S. lie within the same issues she witnessed in her home country, like economic insecurity and healthcare segregation. She is currently a policy fellow with Young Invincibles West, working on healthcare access and hopes to start a career in international relations in the near future. Give it up for Kalkanan! Woo!
are going to have to bear with me here. We got you! <laughs> uh, hello everyone, my name is Cal Almayo with Healthcare for All LA. Uh, and I am so excited to be here with you all today as we get one step closer to our goal of a publicly funded single-payer healthcare system for all. Millions of families like mine have immigrated to the U.S. envious of its booming economy, envious of its innovation that is producing brilliant doctors and researchers that find the cure and treatment to some of the world's worst diseases. But little did we know that the brilliance of medical treatments in this country are actually reserved for those who are rich enough to pay for it. And it is embarrassing, as, is, as, the, rich, as the richest nation on earth, that over 87 million Americans were uninsured or underinsured before this pandemic, let alone afterwards. And it is especially embarrassing that as a state with the fifth largest economy in the world, California has yet to lead this effort towards a universal health care. And out of all of the reasons why we should all be ashamed and embarrassed for the current state of affairs, perhaps the most shameful uh, is the fact that we have a supermajority in California, yeah. both in the Assembly and the Senate, over 60% of those we elected claim to be Democrats, and a vast majority claim to be progressives. And instead of acting like the sensible leaders we elected them to be, they have chosen to serve as the doormats and the pygmies to corporate PACs and millionaire hacks. She has a background in broadcast journalism and is a former leader in the Service Employees International Union, SEIU. She has been an advocate for education, immigration reform, environmental justice, health care for all, job creation, and innovation. Assemblymember Wendy Carrillo has joined her colleague, Assemblymember Ash Kalra, co-authoring AB 1400, CalCare, the California Guaranteed Health Care for All Act. Please welcome California State Assembly Member Wendy Carrillo. Thank you. Thank you, beautiful. What's up, everybody? How's it going? I want to bring up to the stage my colleagues, Assembly Member Ash Kalra and Senator Sidney Kamlager. None of this work we do alone. 
We do as a team, and we do in both houses, both in the Assembly and in the Senate, because brothers and sisters, that is the only way that we win. I want to share just a quick story. I came to this country when I was five years old. I was undocumented until the age of 13. I grew up in a community that has often been disenfranchised and ignored. Healthcare has always been an issue in terms of how do we ensure that our most vulnerable communities can have access for their health, to see a doctor, to ensure that our lives are equally as important as everyone else's. In the legislature this year alone, we have done something that, have been, that has been in a fight for decades, and that is including access to Medi-Cal for undocumented seniors 50 and up. We got that done this year. It just got signed into law. In addition, California has this terrible law that if you were a senior and you owned a car or had a bit of savings or even owned your home, you couldn't qualify for additional Medi-Cal healthcare until you got rid of all of your assets, which only encourages and perpetuates a cycle of poverty in our communities. And guess what? We got rid of that this year. Finally. These are things that we have been championing. I've been in the legislature, I'm starting my fourth year carrying these items, and now in support of the Senate and the Assembly to ensure that we are providing, until we have access to health care for everyone, we are doing everything we possibly can to increase access to our most vulnerable communities. In addition, I want to share that this year, after a decades-long fight and years and years of advocacy, the state is finally acknowledging the awful eugenics loss that the state had, which has unknowingly sterilized people, mostly women and women of color, in hospitals and state institutions, and up until 2010, in women's prisons, without their knowledge and without their consent. California did that, and for the first time ever, California is now going to offer reparations to survivors of the awful eugenics laws that the state had. That is only done, thank you, that is only done by working together, by having progressive members in the legislature, both in the Assembly and the Senate, to push and push and push, and with all of your support, to ensure that we get the policies done for people when it matters the most. And now we have here, now we have CalCare. Now we are pushing even further to ensure that AB 1400, first and foremost, gets a freaking hearing in the health committee, right? That we ensure that we are moving it forward, that we are ensuring that our most vulnerable populations and that everybody, at the end of the day, no matter where you come from, what you look like, what language you speak, or what your legal status is, we are all deserving of health care. We are all deserving to see a doctor. We are all deserving to live in dignity, and we are all deserving to live a life in peace with our families, without having to go bankrupt, without having to go broke, without having to say, I, I need to choose between going to work and going to see a doctor. That is not the California that we want, which is why we have also fought hard to ensure that amid COVID relief efforts, that no one has to make a choice between going to work getting tested or getting the vaccine because we pass COVID sick leave for everyone across the state of California to ensure that they won't get fired, that their employer won't retaliate against them. And at the end of the day, what are we fighting for? Healthcare! 
We're fighting for health care. We're fighting for dignity. We're fighting to save human lives. And to me, that's not even a question or a fight that we should even be a part of. But we are. And we are because not every Democrat is created equal. And in the state of California, that is a fight that we have, that we will push, and we will continue to push until this becomes a reality, until AB 1400 becomes a reality, until CalCare becomes a reality, until doctors and nurses are available and accessible to every community across the state of California, whether it's in, in urban areas or rural areas. We all deserve access to healthcare, access to see a doctor, and at the end of the day, Ash, assembly member, senator, we are fighting for the people of the state of California, the 40 million that call California home, and the 40 million that want to see CalCare a reality, and we are going to accomplish that, and we are going to accomplish that together. Thank you. Gracias. Si se puede. Se puede. Yes, we can, brothers and sisters. Yes, we can. Thank you. Folks, we all have a story for why we want Medicare for all. But most of all, it's the right thing to do. We need to be taking care of each other. I don't know how to pound that into our politicians' heads. We have two more speakers before we end with our entertainment. Coming up next uh, is a good friend of mine. He is the vice mayor of Culver City. He also ran for California State Senate in District 30. His name is Daniel Lee. Daniel is a veteran of the United States Air Force and Air National Guard and an activist with a very important organization called Move to Amend. Move to Amend is a group of social justice advocates who work to end the corporate rule that has taken control of our once democratic form of government. In fact, Move to Amend works to literally legalize democracy and end corporate personhood. Please welcome to the stage another fighter for Medicare for all, Daniel Lee. Come on, come on. I see no changes. Wake up in the morning and I ask myself. It's like so I usually don't do this, but since since it's getting a little late and I know people might be a little low energy, I'm gonna ask you to repeat after me once uh, when I start to talk, and then re repeat after me uh, once towards the end. But maybe it's right. My name is uh, Daniel Lee. I try to tell people now since I finished my doctorate, Doctor Daniel Lee. Uh, I'm vice mayor in Culver City. I ran and lost in California State Senate in District 30, but we don't need to talk about that. Um, I'm just gonna say the first thing I want you to repeat after, and you just repeat after me. Just, just do it right after I say it. The United States of America is a sick country. sick country. It's so sick that in the 90s, the CDC declared gun violence a public health emergency. The United States is a sick country. It's so sick that just last year, the county of Los Angeles and Milwaukee County in Wisconsin declared racism a public 
public health emergency. It's so sick that each year, the fire season is extended from six months to nine months to 12 months a year here in California, yet still we can't pass legislation in California or on the federal level to address climate change. So what do we do? What do we do when our government is sick and our politicians don't listen to us? We get out on the street. We march like we marched today. We march like we marched last year for George Floyd. We let them know what's up. But we gotta do more than march. Because frankly, a lot of us who are marching are sick. We're sick in a different way. You've heard a lot of stories from people today about their personal stories of themselves, their family members, their parents, either with insurance or without, who still couldn't get the care that they needed. When I ran for state senate, I wasn't bashful. I told people, I've had about five or six chronic illnesses for about 14 years. I mentioned it because I wanted to contrast my experience with the healthcare system before I was an elected official and my experience afterwards. Before I was an elected official, I had health insurance. Still, my neurological medication rivaled my rents each month, the price. I had health insurance. Still, my monthly premiums were $400. I was paying more for my rent and my prescriptions than I was for my health care. And this is over a decade ago with insurance. And my health conditions aren't that complex. Unfortunately, like a lot of people, last year I got sick. I was sick for about six months. I only had to spend a couple days in the hospital at Cedar sinai I spent two nights. I saw about 35 doctors last year. Do you know how much that would have costed when I wasn't an elected official? It would have easily been $50,000, $60,000, maybe for the hospital stay alone. But since I was an elected official, my total last year, hospital stay, doctor visits, multiple prescriptions across the board was about $500. $500. So when we talk about Americans who are tired, and we talk about Americans who are suffering from income inequality, they're suffering because they have debt. And a significant proportion are suffering because they have medical debt. So when we hear from politicians, some may or may not have been here today, who say that want, they want to sponsor a bill like AB 1400, we say to them, we don't just need a co-sponsor, we need a co-conspirator. We need somebody who's going to put their neck out and put their job on the line for what is right. What we really want to say, and this is where I want to, I want to have you repeat after me again, what we really want to say to all of the elected officials who say they care about us, who say they support this, who turn their backs, who abstain, who are somehow not in the room when the vote actually comes up, repeat after me. We want what you got. We want what you got. 
one more time. We want what you've got. We want what you've got. Because all of our elected officials, not just in California, federally, in states across the country, they have good health insurance. They have single payer. They have their version of AB 1400. Some of them, frankly, don't give a fuck about us. Because they got theirs. But we need to let them know. We might have marched through Hollywood today. We might be marching in over 50 cities around the country today as well. But this is not the last time you will see us. We're not going home. Because we want what you got. And we're not going to stop marching until we get it. Thank you. election by less than one percent which is crazy especially running against such a, a powerful incumbent who's been in office for 20 years it just goes to show you that people vote based on values not based on celebrity or or money right so the area you're in you have silver lake you have echo park part of downtown la i think burbank as well burbank glendale hollywood west hollywood uh, all the way north up to the la forest so sunland Dehunga, la crescenta so it's a big district it's a big district and he's not a very progressive guy. I don't think he supports Medicare for all. His um, position on foreign policy is very, um, should we say, bomb-happy? Yes, absolutely. And, you know, that's the thing is, you know, I think a lot of people really like Adam Schiff because of his involvement with the impeachment. And, you know, but he's just a lot of talk, talk, talk about Trump, talk about Russia. Right. But when it comes down to it, he's not a progressive. And one of the ways you can actually prove that is by looking at his donors. You know, when you're funded by the defense industry, when you're, you know, funded by weapons manufacturers, when you're funded by pharmaceutical companies and fossil fuel companies, that's who you're fighting for. You're not, you're not working for the people at that point. And we need somebody, we need a regular everyday person who's going to fight for all of our interests, who's going to fight for Medicare for All, for the Green New Deal, to try to get us out of these endless wars and to try to make life a better place for all of us here. And if you've been in office for 20 years and you haven't been able to do that, it's time to go. It's time. I agree with you. Have you been following any of the situation that's been going on at We Spawn Koreatown? Yeah, absolutely. You know, unfortunately, I wasn't able to attend the protest because I work on Saturdays. Um, but I will say I was really happy that the spa itself was supporting uh, its trans were. patrons. And, um, you know, it's just really unfortunate that some folks think that we don't deserve to be in spaces. You know, trans people every single day are having to fight to just exist. You know, it shouldn't be, we shouldn't have to constantly be dealing with, where am I going to go to the bathroom? Can I be involved in recreation activities? Can I go to a damn spa, you know? Right, and you know, so I have been covering this for the last couple of weeks. I was at both of the protests, and there was a lot of violence. Somebody got stabbed, a pro-trans uh, rights activist was stabbed. And it turns out that um, both the LAPD, which is normally not somebody to side on, on this position, thinks that the entire thing was a hoax, as well as several other people have been investigating this. I did speak with the spa security. They don't think it's real. So what I noticed, though, is that there is, you're having a 
hard time hearing. There is a, um, it's not just the conservatives that seem to have a problem with trans rights, it's also a lot of the liberal base. I have had even Bernie Sanders supporters on my Twitter feed saying things that I am kind of quite frankly shocked at. They're horrifically hateful in my opinion. Um, you know, I don't know what's driving that, but here we are. My question to you is, is, is do you think that most of those people just simply don't understand the issues? I feel like a lot of their belief systems were grounded in religion and not really understanding anything beyond that. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely think that that's the case. And, you know, even if you go back to just gay rights in general 20 years ago, you know, the amount of support for gay people, and that's such a general, generic term, but has gradually increased because people started realizing that, oh, I know a gay person, and they're just a human trying to live their life. And I think as more and more people realize that, you know, they have a connection to a trans person, they, they know a trans person, they realize that we're not asking for anything except to be accepted and to be able to live our lives and walk down the street and feel safe, be able to use the bathroom and feel safe. And, you know, a lot of people are posing trans people as being a danger when the reality is that trans people are in danger. Oh, I agree with you. I mean, some of the things that people were saying, well, they don't simply, they don't understand that, that trans women are women. It's not that hard exactly. to understand that. Exactly. Biological sex, there's X and Y, and there's variations in between. It's not a binary concept. It's not binary, and everybody, you know, you hear all these arguments, you know, science doesn't lie, and it's biology, and people are, are equating sex with gender when that's not right. necessarily right. the case. Right. And neither sex nor gender is a binary. That's it's right. a spectrum, and there's people that lie all in between. That's so we exactly need to respect right. everyone. That's exactly right. Um, I also think that they might be trying, I think the reason they might have done this is because they want to overturn the state laws that, protect, that are protecting trans rights currently, and they're looking at ways to get the public enraged on their side so they can come out and say, we need to get rid of these laws, look, they're pedophiles, blah, 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 blah. It's all nonsense, but I, uh, I sort of feel that might be a motivating factor in this. Do you think that's possible? Yeah, I absolutely think. I absolutely think that. And, you know, even looking at, you know, a lot of the arguments for, oh, well, this trans woman shouldn't be in a spa because I don't want these kids exposed to a penis. Well, you know what? Don't bring, to, don't bring a kid to a place where there's going to be a bunch of naked people walking right. around. This is an adult atmosphere. Not you know? It's a traditional bathhouse. This is a Korean it's, bathhouse. This so isn't it's a not, sex house. No, it's not. No. People are just right. going there to relax. Right. And, you know, trans right. people deserve that same amount of respect I and agree. dignity. So, folks, go out and support We Spa because they've really uh, been on the side of the trans folks and that they protect and protect their clients that are transgender. I also reached out and uh, DM with a couple of the folks that were dead named by these guys, saying that this was the individual that was at the spa that day. Let's go harass her. And both of these folks were not the person. They were like, no, I wasn't there. They're just, they're just harassing her online. So it's really unfortunate that happened. I know this is a completely tangential sidebar complication of Medicare for all, but I did want to give you an opportunity. Yeah, to absolutely. Absolutely. It's so important. And, you know, that's just a, a micro slice, a microcosm of what trans people go through every single day. The, the trans experience and the amount of discrimination that we experience just for existing, not all of it is on the media. You're not seeing all of these viral stories about, but right. it's happened, it, ha it happens to every trans person almost every single day. Thanks for talking with Thank us. Thank you so appreciate much. It. Thank you. And and Medicare for all. Your, yeah, good luck with your rates. I appreciate it. Thank you. I might hit you on with my favorite podcast host from Academy Refugees, Rob Lacombe. You spoke earlier today.
day at the Medicare for All March. Um, you've been out here marching with us all day. Do you think this new bill, AB 1400, has a chance of passing? I certainly hope so. I, I mean, I, I sincerely hope that people get behind it. I think there's a lot of momentum. I think that, you know, if one state's going to lead, I think California has a good shot. I think Washington has a good shot. And the fact that there's, like, state efforts behind it, combined with stuff like this, is uh, very encouraging. But, you know, I think that at the end of the day, one state at a time is how we're going to get this thing. Uh, and I, you know, as you and I have talked about this, that's not the most ideal way. I would much prefer that it's federal immediately, but it's a means to an end. I'll freaking take it because that's kind of how it worked in Canada. One province got it, which is the equivalent of about five states, and then the country followed suit. I have a feeling that's the way it's going to happen here because of just how how gridlock things are at the federal level. Yeah, no, and we don't have time to wait. We don't have time to wait, and they are totally gridlocked. Here's a situation where a plurality of voters support this. Not just Democrats, Republicans, plurality of voters do. And it's something that can't get out of uh, either chamber of Congress because of the money that's flushed in from the healthcare insurance industry, from big pharma. Interest in this country do not want to give up their fat cow. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like we're going to be fighting some of the most powerful interests in you know the world, really. I mean, definitely in the country. So it's like we got to go up against that. So we need everything we got. But you know, here in California, there's a few little glimmers of optimism there that we might get a victory here because it's like. You know, Big Cable just went to the mat for broadband, and they lost. We freaking won that one. And a little while before that, Big Cable went to the mat to screw up our net neutrality bill, and they lost. We won that one. Healthcare is a much bigger mountain to climb, but we climbed a couple hills. So uh, now we're climbing the big one, and we got to beat them this time too. And uh, you know, let's go for it. Let's go have a beer. It's time. That's one thing is for sure. <laughs>